This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again and always again, brought to you by poppyapparel.com. If you're a woman that's listening, which is probably maybe two or three of you, but if you're a man that's listening, buy your girl something nice, or like I said before, if you're a cross-dresser, you could always buy something nice for yourself, go to poppyapparel.com, use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D to get 10% off your next order, and it's free shipping worldwide, so no excuses. Also, go to podbros.com, I am part of their network, you can listen to my show there weekly, along with very good other shows. And if you shop at Amazon, which everyone does, so no excuses as well, click on their banner and it's no charge to you. It literally takes two seconds and it helps out the network. And for the first time, introducing this week, the Pod Bros have launched a t-shirt section on tpublic.com. So that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. Go to search engine, type in Pod Bros. It'll take you to their page. You could buy some of their t-shirts there and who knows maybe you'll see one of my t-shirts on there soon and if you live in the united states of america every sunday you can hear my show on emzt radio google it i don't remember what the exact url is but it's emzt radio you google it there's only one click on it it's every sunday afternoon i believe between the time of one and six there's a few podcasts on there i'm smack jab right in the middle so you get to listen to me there and obviously on all your other devices and podcast providers like itunes stitcher TuneIn, and soundcloud so this week i have an interesting guest as you guys all know i'm sort of into comics i follow them i know what's up i'm not stupid to the genre but i'm not like i guess a comic book nerd i probably haven't bought a comic book in maybe say I don't know, 20 years or so. So it's going way back. Actually, you know what the last comic book I bought was when it was the death of Superman. That's how far back I go with comic books. So I have some knowledge. But to shed some news on comic books, and obviously I have him on because he has a comic book that is currently available on Amazon and all your 
Is it Amazon? I don't know. He'll explain it better. I'm an idiot. But I have Ed from SBP Comics with me this week. What's going on, Ed? Hello, uh, Steve. Hey. What's up, buddy? It's, uh, um, uh, what's up? I'm outside of my back porch just chilling. I'm going to okay. strike up a stogie here. Nice. Because I'm, I'm kind of nervous to be on the podcast without my... Usually I do these with my co-writer, oh. Matt Enton, but he is uh, on the road today as we speak, so you're just you're going to have to uh, tough it out with me. He's uh, he's usually the uh, the much more entertaining one, so uh, I'll try don't, to make it work. Don't worry, you'll have me, and plus, as much as I like threesomes, a one-on-one is good every once in a while, so no worries. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and I will confess, I sure. am, so I, I, as you mentioned, Matt and I, um, we're, we're writers and we self-published this comic book called Invasion for Planet Russeltopia, which is getting a great response. And, uh, you know, I'll confess, I am not a hard, hardcore, you know, comic book. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of comic books for sure, right? but I probably am, am somewhat more similar to you in that, you know, oh. I... I collected them and loved them and followed them as a kid. Right. At some point, you know, 14 years old, I had that, that sort of, I hit that crossroads where it was like girls or, or comic books, which one do I want right, to pursue? Gotcha. And I, I chose girls. It was a, it was a bad decision. It didn't work out. <laughs> it, it was, I should have gone with, I should have stuck with comic books. Um, no, but I mean, I, 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 followed them just very loosely after I, I hit like high school and I was more into some like indie stuff. Like I always uh, gravitated toward humorous sort of indie stuff nice. that, that you couldn't get from Marvel or DC. Like the tick was new oh, okay, when yeah. I was young. Uh, Milk and cheese. Never was, heard of that one. It was, a, it was pretty darn funny uh, from slave labor comics. Okay. I think All right. even, even Evan, Evan, Evan Dorkin pretty darn hilarious um and i was just sort of just really i guess being i guess i could say i'm a casual fan of comic books that'd probably be be the succinct way to say it it's it's too late to be succinct now but um um but what you know what we loved about i mean we, we, you know, matt and i we love comic books and and it was also just about bringing the story to life okay you know, we, we okay. no one was going to give us millions of dollars to make a film or a TV mm. pilot, gotcha. and then we, we we thought, you know, our day job is we both write for video games. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, we both know a lot more about about games literally than comics, but we 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 we, we, we love the story so much, um, the invasion from Planet Russeltopia, uh, that uh, we wanted to bring it to life, and we realized that with comic books, it was it was um, feasible. Gotcha. So you're not a comic book fan. Please tell me you're at least a wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah, wrestling. Okay. okay. <laughs> wrestling is something that I grew up with, and it was. So I'm 45 years old. So I'm okay. old enough to have been a fan during I think what they call like you know the old kayfabe era, gotcha, right? Yeah. Um, as a kid, I genuinely thought this was real. As a small kid, right? Oh, wow. And um, I was obsessed with it growing <laughs> up, like absolutely obsessed. I, I remember. Um, I had a bedroom, which for some reason, the one entire wall was made of corkboard. Okay. And I covered every single inch of that wall right. 
with wrestling centerfold posters from like, you know, pro wrestling illustrated gotcha. and like clippings of my favorite wrestlers from right. magazines and the entire wall was covered in, in this crap. And, uh, <laughs> I would go and I would like, even as a kid, I'd go to these old bookstores that had magazines. Right. Right. And I would buy old magazines to find out like the history you know, and I'm, you know, everyone else is walking mm-hmm. around talking about like Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, and I'm like, you know, talking about like Lou Fez and Buddy Rogers, and they're looking at me like, right? Well, what the hell are you going backwards for, dude? <laughs> and I was, I was just obsessed with it, and um, you know, at a certain point, a I came to the realization that it's not as you know that it's scripted, right? That it's not <laughs> that. And it's scripted and it's choreographed. Yeah, obviously. and then I did sort of drift away from it. Like I, I kind of keep keep up with it somewhat, but I okay. I do not sit and watch SmackDown and Raw every week. I don't watch really the pay per views. Oh, um, you're lucky then. I, yeah, <laughs> my my the way I really keep in touch with it is um, I love the SmackDown series of video games. Oh, and I buy, okay. I buy them. Uh, I'm in for like a hundred bucks every year. Like right. all the full, all the content. Gotcha. And uh, sometimes I can get my kids to play them with me so I can whoop their ass. And it's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of how I keep up with it more, almost as much that on Twitter, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so for the rest of the people who don't know, and obviously you don't need to reveal the whole story of it, whatever you want to reveal on the show, then people have to go buy it if they like what they hear. What is Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia? Yeah, um, so the story uh, is... There is a disgruntled professional wrestler called Rock and Roll Rory Landell. Great name. And um, he is uh, screwed uh, out of his shot at the world belt by his promoter. Gotcha. His promoter promised him that he'd, he'd get the belt, then then, uh, then reneged. So he goes, and he, you know, right before the biggest pay-per-view of the year, he goes and he cuts a promo, and he says that, you know, I don't, the world belt is trash. Mm-hmm. I am the galactic champion of the universe, brother. Then, of course, you know, the TV signal goes out into space. It takes a while. It takes like 15 years. But that that promo goes out into space with uh, the TV signal and is intercepted by a planet of aliens for whom wrestling is very real. Of course. And they are really unhappy that he's declared himself galactic. They have their own galactic champion who's really unhappy and takes this as a challenge. Gotcha. And uh, that's kind of, you know, that's that's sort of where um, the first issue sets everything up. Okay. And that's kind of where, where it ends. But uh, I I am pleased to to let you know that we just finished issue two. Oh. We haven't really even announced it formally yet. We're, we're still getting it up on all the all the different SKUs in, uh, up. But um, issue two is just finished. And you can, see, you can even buy the Kindle version. Oh, really? uh, on Amazon. Along, you can also get go to Comics Central, uh, a site for indie comics, where you can get a PDF for a little less. Um, Smart. And we're yeah, you know, we'll, it'll be up on Comicsology before too long, and we're trying there to get a go. print uh, on demand to skew up there on Amazon. As we're working on that right now. Right. But then the second issue, um, in the second issue, uh, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but in the of second course. issue. You know, 15 years later, Rory Landell's sort of drowning his sorrows uh, off the grid. He's just washed up uh, at wrestler, yeah. you know, wrestling in casinos and, and all that <laughs> stuff. And while he's drowning his sorrows, Earth gets a really nasty surprise. Um, 
by the Russell from the Russeltopians. So um, uh, both issues are out there now, and we're, we're really stoked about it. No, that's awesome because I did uh, tell you the truth. I read it all, and people know I'm not a big reader right now, but I used to be, but right now I'm not. But I read it from start to finish. Great content, and I wanted more. And that's what, to me, makes a good comic, that when you reach that last page and you flip and it's showing the credits, it's like, what the fuck? What the hell's going on? No, I want more. You ripped me off. <laughs> that so, was our goal. No, it was very good. Like, you guys have a lot of humor in there. It's true to, obviously, all the wrestling fans. You have little homages here and there, even from the uh, the commentators that, I guess, would be, if, if I'm incorrect, you can let me know, an homage to Gorilla and Jesse Ventura. Yeah, we have a pair of announcers in there who are great, and and they you will see them again at some point. Oh, and thank this is you. Gonna be a, okay. <laughs> this is going to be a six issue story arc. Oh, beautiful! The last uh, issue being kind of a super mega extravaganza, but yeah, they're they're sort of an amalgam of well, I, I or I, I would say the 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 inspiration is probably mostly Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. Who are, who are great, you know, as of a course. heel and, uh, and uh, a babyface kind of announcer uh, pair. Right. Um, certainly, every almost every character is kind of an amalgam of, of different wrestlers that we loved. Gotcha. Um, but they, but but some of them are influenced more heavily, you know, heavily by by particular wrestling figures than others. And uh, yeah, I, I, one thing we hear is uh, with regularity is that it's a great nod to the days of, of the old territories and yes. things like that. Um, but you also don't, I don't, I, you know, another thing we hear a lot is you don't have to be a big wrestling fan to enjoy it. Like, like oh, you said, you try to put a lot of humor into it. it it's a, it's a, it's a pretty crazy concept. Uh, it's an action comedy. So I think even if you're not, you, we've heard this from, from reviewers and other people that, you know, even that had almost no awareness of wrestling, that they really enjoyed it and thought it was fun. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. And, well, after this, are you planning on, I don't want to reveal any of your plans, but are you planning on doing something different or in the same realm, or is this just a one-and-done six-issue, that's it? Um, we'll do six issues for sure to close out this story arc, and then we, what we, you know, we, we would hope that by that time, I mean, um, yeah, we want to do more. We have okay. a few ideas on, on some different story arcs within this sort of world. Perfect. And we have some idea, other ideas for other comic books that we'd like to do. Um, okay. So Matt and I are, Matt and I like to do comedy is, is what we love to work with. And even with the, within our video games, we've worked on a lot of uh, video games that needed comedic writing. It's a little bit of our niche. Um Nice. I, uh, I once I freelanced for the Onion for a year, which was okay. really fun. That's kind of where that's kind of where our specialty lies, and we want to do more WrestleTopia. We want to do more comic books. We have some other ideas for some other, um, you know, humorous uh, stories that we want to tell. Right. It'll depend a little bit on um, whether or not we achieve any kind of success, you know, <laughs> <laughs> financial gotcha. success with uh, this. We're we're looking for a publisher still. Okay, and um, we, either you know, we, we, hopefully we'd find a publisher that would that would uh, help us get this into stores and, and and all that stuff. If not, the other outcome is hopefully we're we're successful enough publishing it on our own to keep keep things going. Yeah, now we not? will finish these six no matter what. Okay, I, so like, if you invest your time, you will. You will. We will finish this arc, even if we, you know, just pay for everything ourselves. It may may take a little longer, 
you may have to, uh, you know, keep yourself healthy, eat, eat well, exercise, so you don't die before the sixth <laughs> issue. But um, it will come. We will not give up. Uh, now, you know, it, it, if we get to six and, and no one cares still, um, it, it may have just, that may be it. It may have just uh, turned out to be a really expensive hobby and, <laughs> and our wives will uh, make us stop. But, <laughs> well, I- but we'll see. But we'll see. Don't worry. The podcasting game is sort of similar to that as well. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, yes. It's the same same, same thing. See, people think that my gimmick is to be raw. No, it's not, dumbasses. It's because I can't afford anything else. So raw is what you get. <laughs> you don't have no soundboards here. I don't have fucking people in the background fucking chiming in. No, no, no. This is me, one microphone, and a laptop, and that's it. That's what you get. But- but you see, you know, you gotta, you don't want to, you don't want people to know that, right? You oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, you're just really edgy. I don't care. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> last week I was on uh, YouTube live uh, on a marathon raising money for cancer with other podcasters. I, I heard that. It was like $5,000 or something. Well, actually we raised over 10000 to be exact. So. Nice. And I ended up crying live on air, so I have nothing to hide. I really do not give two shits, honestly. Like I said, what you see is what you get. You don't like it too bad. That's a good way to be. I okay. wish I could be like that. Uh, I know. It, you know what? It was hard to tell you the truth at first to let you go, but you know what? Once you don't start caring about other people's opinion, well, again, that sounds very egotistical now, but I mean like, I guess negative opinions, then you're going to live such a better and easier life. Like, honestly, that, I think that's my, my goal to let people just let shit go. And then we won't have these crybabies anymore. These so-called pussies, internet keyboard warriors. You know what I mean? I think I have the opposite problem in that. I, I want to pretend like I I'm, I'm like that, but really I probably care what everybody thinks. Oh shit. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I have a pretty healthy attitude and that I don't, um, I don't let it bother me too. Okay, it, then that's all that matters. You're at people. I mean, even with this comic book, and I, I, I've been making video games for 17 years. Wow. And reading reviews and stuff, and and it's like everyone has a right to their opinion. Oh, well, uh, yeah. uh, and I love the saying, you know, other people's opinion about me or my work is is technically none of my business, right? Right. Like it's it's technically it's their opinion. It's their it's, it's you know, of course you, it's nice to hear nice things uh, about your work, but oh, um, it, it it just you know I, I've learned as a writer not to get uh, too much of an inflated ego over gotcha. good things and not to get crushed over negative it's reviews. True. That being said, <laughs> we've had some great reviews for this book. Um, I, I was putting my press list together for issue two, right, and just kind of you know putting on you know, everybody who'd reviewed the first one after we begged them to and it was something like <laughs> i don't know 60 emails oh wow and i would say uh i would say almost uh, the, the overwhelming majority <clears throat> got, gave us really glowing reviews for the the humor and the the artwork you know, the artists were um i need to mention uh, go for it so we hired matt and i hired artists to work on this and we hired some really talented people professionals uh dan scotty is the artist who's done a lot of work for dark horse and uh, dynamite and and uh, is really really talented. Hold on, hold Person. on. I have. I just have to. Yeah. Did you just say yeah. dynamite? <laughs> well, 
Well, yeah, I think it's. I don't think there's the. I think it's D Y N A M I T E. I don't think it's D Y N hyphen O hyphen M I T E. Gotcha. I think I think it's just dynamite. I just had to. Every time I hear that, that's what goes on in my head. Oh, <laughs> well, let me let me tell you this really quick story. <laughs> sure. Have time. Uh, this is a while, a long time ago now, but uh, my wife and I were just dating at the time, okay. and we were at the Stardust Casino in Las Vegas, which isn't good there anymore. Oh wow! And I'm in the sports book, and I'm I think I'm I'm probably watching football because it's November, it was November. Okay. And I hear someone behind me screaming at a horse race. Right. And I say to myself, "Whoever that guy is behind me." <laughs> He sounds a lot like JJ from Good Times. Oh no! And I turned around, and it was JJ from Good Times. Shut up! And I, I, <laughs> I love that show. And I so would have talked to him and and, and and tried to get an autograph, but he was so pissed. Right. Uh, he obviously bet on a horse that did not <laughs> not do well, and he looked really you know, like a normal person would, not happy. Right. So I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't introduce myself, but no, that's, smart, yeah. that's my connection to to Dynamite. <laughs> okay, before we go any further, because uh, I, I, I want to touch on what you wrote in video games and whatnot, and uh, because, well, yeah. coincidentally, we just had a bonus episode drop entitled Video Games, which means... I know, I missed it. Oh, well... You, you should you should listen to it, especially the last twenty minutes, because if you want some comedy, there's some comedy gold in there, all right. Okay, good. But anyway, yeah, no, it's just we just talk about video games, just what we hate about video games per se. But before we get to that, who is your favorite wrestler? I need to know now. Oh, oh like of all time, like okay, doesn't yeah. matter. Like let's go um, all time. Yeah, I have to go. It's a real. It's really hard to, to, to choose between Ric Flair or Dusty Rhodes. I gotta okay. go with Dusty Rhodes oh, because wow. I was always kind of a chubby kid. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and to see like this fat guy be so cool and so popular, and even win the world, the NWA Heavyweight World Championship, right? Uh, probably like two or three times. I believe so. Yeah, and um, that was like it was like you know, <laughs> I, I really. I really, I really uh, admired that. Um, and then, you know, but Slick Rick was just so, so fucking cool. I mean, I remember yes. watching, you know, his, do- his docu, his ESPN, like 30 yes. to 30. Yeah, that was amazing. And I think it was like Jim Cornette was, was said at best. He's like, I felt Ric Flair. Yes. You know, I didn't feel Hulk Hogan. But when you watch Georgia Championship Wrestling on Saturday, Super Station WTBS, I mean, mm-hmm. that shit was real. Right? <laughs> Like when Ric Flair is giving an interview and then, you know, like Dusty Rhodes comes out or Magnum TA or whatever, right. and they start facing off and then a couple more wrestlers come out, you're scared. You're like, oh, yeah, there's going to be there's gonna be a street brawl. What's going to happen? Right. You know? It's true. You, you felt that stuff, man. You felt that. And, no, most definitely. Uh, boy, yeah, Ric Flair made us feel it for, for a long time. Yeah, I still love that guy. Yeah, no, that's, that's again, I'm sure that's in a lot of people's top ten, both of those guys, so no worries Yeah, it's on not that. very original, but, I mean, they, they were just, yeah, I mean, they were so good. Right. For such a long well, time. of course, of course. They're, they're on the Mount Rushmore for sure. All right, let's get into some video game talk. So, sure, you, yeah. you've mentioned you worked for video games. Yeah. Do you want to say what games you worked on, or were they oh, so sure. crappy um, that you're too embarrassed? I or would... No. <laughs> <laughs> you well, never know. I'm always embarrassed. I'm always embarrassed, but uh, the so I started off uh, at a studio called High Voltage Software. I was there five years, Mm -hmm. 
2001 to like 2006. And since then, I've been a freelancer, oh, okay. focused almost exclusively on writing. So that's been really cool because you, you, you know I get to do just the part that I love, right? About games, and of then you, you sort of you 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 maybe work on multiple projects. You're in, you're out, and to date, I think I've, I've worked on like 67. Wow video games now a lot of them are, are what we call casual games oh gotcha. that um probably the average person listening has not played right but uh some of the more notable ones i've worked on recently uh i get to write on the ubisoft's mario rabbids crossover oh that's you know, pretty mario cool Rabbids kingdom battle yeah for the switch there you go and that was a really that game did really well, um, sold really well for the Switch. It's a mm-hmm. great game, <clears throat> and I just worked on the uh, downloadable content for Donkey Kong Adventure. So they, oh. Donkey Kong is now involved in the crossover, and I got to work on that oh. DLC, which is um, coming very soon. They launched a trailer for it yesterday. Gotcha. And uh, so that franchise has been really fun to work on. Uh, Ubisoft is a great. A great company. Um, well, yes, and, it is. You know why? Because they're Canadian. Uh, that's right. <laughs> well, technically, based in Paris. Well, what? Yeah, I know, but they have a head office strong, yes, here in, in Canada. Yeah. And the studio I actually worked for is funny. The, the people who made this was uh, the studio there's in Milan, Italy. Oh wow, that's uh, funny. Which I didn't before I started working for them directly. I didn't know there was a Ubisoft studio in Milan, Italy. Yeah, but, neither did uh, I. Um, and then actually uh, semi-recently also for Ubisoft I worked on both Matt and I mm-hmm. my co-writer on the comic book worked on Valiant Hearts okay um, which is a uh, critically acclaimed game uh, that was on like every system um, about World War One, and it was uh, that game did well too now I have a question yeah. how do you make World War One comedic or was this just straight serious this was this was a straight up uh, drama. It oh, was, uh, this company. So this was Ubisoft Montpellier guys who put out the uh, made the first Beyond Good and Evil. Okay, yeah, and I made yeah made uh, some of the best Raymond games. There you go. At this place, I believe if I'm, I believe that's correct. Um, they uh, wanted strong. They really it was the hundredth year anniversary of World War One. Uh, in God, what was it now? Two thousand. <laughs> I'm going to get my dates wrong, oh, but the, the game released on the hundredth anniversary of world war one. Okay. And these guys felt very strongly that it should be a French company that made oh. an homage, uh, to world war one. through video games. Yeah. And, um, uh, so it was an amazing experience. Uh, I love that game. It was not comedic at all. <laughs> That's in why. Fact, in, fact, in fact, I'll tell you, we got to the end of, we were planning, working on the story with them and plotting the narrative, and right. we got to the end, and it was like, well, who should die and who should live? And of course, they're French, so it was like, everyone and the dog should die. Okay. And, uh, Matt and I were like, no, 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 you can't kill the dog. You can't do it. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you can't do it. But so, so I, you know, to me, I guess, or just my personal belief, I think comedy and drama are, are are very much two sides of the, the same coin. Right. I prefer to do comedy because it's more comfortable for me and I like gotcha. it. It's just, I feel like I'm better at it. I think I, I, I can and have done drama successfully. Mm-hmm. It takes a little more out of you. I'm not very good at other, you know, there are some other things. Like I'm not great. I'm really not great at science fiction and fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just going to say. I, yeah. I love that stuff right. as a fan. 
but I'm not I'm not great at it. I, I can gotcha. do comedy and I can do drama and a lot of feelings and emotions and conflict and and surprise. Right. I'm not great at at the at not necessarily great at, at other genres. So um, okay, yeah. L- let me ask you this. So. Just say one day you're like, okay, for example, on Valiant Hearts, that you wanted to be, I guess, not a dick, but try and put your little comedic stamp and slip in like a line or something that only you or maybe a few people would notice. Would it get by? Like, how is the, I guess, the after, once you're done writing and it's into the, is there someone who actually reviews the whole thing and goes through everything with like a comb and brush and all that? Or For sure. Um, You know, yes. I mean... The games, video games, of course, as you can imagine, are under constant review during the whole production process. Okay, they're always being um, tested and retested, and um, everything you write has to be approved, translate, translated oh. into several languages. Oh, that's true and too. Okay, I forgot so about there's that. all kinds of QA professionals and producers and like the creative yeah. uh, team on the project that are okay constantly seeing reviewing your work. And um, flagging things that may or may not be problematic from a legal standpoint. Or, oh, that's or true other. too. Yeah. So totally your chances of sneaking something <laughs> by, unless you're in, you know, unless you're there uh, on site uh, as part of the dev team, oh, pretty slim. Okay, I'm just wondering. Uh, and how does it actually work? Okay, so when you write for a game, for us actual people who just sit on the other side of the couch. Do you get like the copy of the game and then you write for it, or do they give you something like just like a board saying, "Okay, this is what it's about. Go for it," and then they work around your story? What comes first, the game or the story? Well, the story ideally comes first, right? Okay. So, so it, if you picture this, like in, in an animated film, you'd write the you'd like Pixar will write the screenplay first and really right. nail down the story. Okay. They'll record like just placeholder voices for timing. Right. And then the animators get to work to animate to the um, placeholder voices. Then you get your professional actors in, and gotcha. they use that audio. And then the animators really um, polish everything and make it great. That's video games aren't, aren't really too dissimilar. Mm. Um, we need to figure out the story first. We need to figure out where the player is going to go and what they're going to be asked to do and who's going to ask them to do it and and how the story unfolds and exactly when and how, when and how the story unfolds right gotcha, yeah, yeah. um and then once we get that nailed down that might even just look like a big giant flow chart you know uh, oh. and then once that's all nailed down um writers can write scripts for individual scenes and then animators can animate to it oh. um Okay. within um, a certain degree of accuracy. And then once you have your, if you have, vo- if you're using voiceover, you, once your professional actors come in and record your voiceover, mm-hmm. then the animators can really uh, tighten up those, you know, cutscenes and whatnot. Gotcha. Um, it does so happen that in games, uh, you know, people will, you'll get phone calls where people are like, yeah, our games have done and we kind of need a story. Could you come <laughs> in and you oh, know, okay. fix it? <laughs> and, <laughs> Hey. In fact, Rihanna Pratchett, who's the uh, she, she's she's uh, quite kind of, kind of a, f- a famous uh, writer, and, and uh, she wrote a lot of the Tomb Raider games. Oh, okay. She's she's a big name in our industry. Mm-hmm. She she uh, once had these buttons made that said uh, "Narrative Paramedic." 
<laughs> and uh, she gave me one, you know, sometimes you go in there and you're like, you've got to reverse engineer a story onto existing um, yeah, art assets yeah. and, and a game that's mostly finished. And it can be done, right? Okay. That's, that's part of the job. It can be done. It is kind of a skill set. It's not the preferred way to do well, of course, you want you want a blank canvas and go from there, right? You don't want something that already exists. Yeah. Now, my last question about video games: Do you write the story, or do you write the dialogue of the characters, or do you do both? Uh, well, I do both. Um, I will help a team with their story, and then I will help them with that middle part, which is really important for the game, which is creating that flowchart. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. when and exactly how every is the story unfolding. Good. throughout from beginning to end okay. and we actually work from the end usually to the beginning uh is 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 more useful but okay. um and then and then the dialogue comes last now, you know the p- people may hire me for different things i may help them with the story and then they just tell me to hey you know fuck off we'll, we'll take it from here right. or uh or or they'll they'll have a story and everything but they're like you know we want we want you to write the dialogue or we want you to rewrite the dialogue because we're not happy with it and, yeah. um, i've done you know, everything in between as well. All right, that's cool. Okay, so you have anything else you want to get off your chest regarding comics or video oh, games? Oh, boy, how much time do you have, buddy? Uh, probably another uh, half hour to an hour, I guess. <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, just, you know, um, I do want to just uh, finish. You know, Dan Scotty was our artist. Marissa right. Louise did our colors. Um, a studio called A Larger World did all the lettering, uh, in particular Dave Lanfear there, um, uh, did the lettering. Uh, the whole thing is put together by Fred Chow, great designer of comic books. Okay. So yeah, Invasion of Planet Aristotopia one and two, two include some cool bonus material. Um, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love for you people to come check it out and um, and talk about it and let us you know let us know uh, let us know what you think. If you're a fan at all of wrestling or comedy or um, even if you're not a fan of wrestling, I think you think you really dig it. So, um, yeah, uh, that's <coughs> that's uh, that's the deal. All right, don't worry. I'll let you plug it again at the end, just in case if people <laughs> haven't heard. Okay, so now we're gonna get on to the fun part of my show, where I bring up some topics and we just rife on them. So I tried to pick up some topics more or less to your strength, because I don't want to make a fool of my guests, because I already make a fool of myself, so that's enough. <laughs> too late but all right all right well okay well but actually how about this before we get into yeah. these i lie I, yeah. I lie a lot on the show so get used to that too this all that right. was not the last question <laughs> do you have an ultimate video game series that you want to work on eventually is there one that's just like your your big whale i guess the white yes the white, the white whale. whale um yeah i kind of do uh i you know, living in Portland, Oregon, and not being a you know, it has a lot of benefits. I I told you I talked about how the benefits of being a freelancer. I really enjoy it, but it to work on a big game like something like The Last of Us. Oh, um, that doesn't really happen unless you're you're you know a full time employee of a big studio like gotcha. that. And so I haven't worked on a ton of really you know big games like that where, where the gameplay and the storytelling are all top notch uh, gotcha, like the last gotcha. of us is, again um or something like I, that's gonna actually drop when well when this episode gets released it'll be released yesterday the new game detroit right. human or whatever it's called human detroit or 
Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to work on something you know that my kids would actually think is cool. <laughs> and uh, oh, they thought Mario Rabbits was cool. But I, I so and and I once I almost was the the final writer on the last Duke Nukem game. This Ooh. was a long time ago. I wrote on an iteration of it okay. that um, when 3D Realms shut down, that that I was working for 3D Realms when they shut down. Oh shit! And so my I my I felt like I got so close to working on a <laughs> big marquee franchise right. game, and it just it, and it was going to be really funny, right? Like well, I had yeah. it all figured out, and I was just about to write the dialogue, and they shut down, and. Uh, I was like so close, right? Like so, so close to doing uh, something like that. Right. And I don't know if it'll if it'll ever quite happen for me, but uh, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'll still, I'll still chase that white whale. So I guess just any big studio that you're interested in, pretty much triple A, you know, type of a type of a game. Um, it could still happen for me. Okay. I want to think it could still happen for me. Anything could happen. There's people getting married at 70. There's people having kids at 80. So anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, anything. I, there's hope. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I, you know, I have a good life. I, I, I do enjoy, I, I enjoy what I do. And so I'm, I'm lucky to, to work in games. I'm lucky to, to be able to put this comic book out. And, um, and, and I, and I really enjoy, I mean, every project I do, I really try, I really I want to do the best job I possibly can. Like I don't care if it's a match three game that people are going to play Good on their phones. You, yeah. uh, I want it to be you know the writing to be the best. I want it to be the best writing in a match three game ever. You know, um, no, so that, I, that's I take it, it seriously. Be. It's it's yeah. a it's a privilege, you know, to work on. It's privilege to do yeah. something for a living that you would have done for free, but you're getting paid for, right? It, it, it's pretty amazing, and um, and I've been doing it for a while and Good I've been able you. to make a, make a career out of it. And, um, that's the dream. It's, uh, you know, I try not to lose that, like lose that gratitude. Um, no, that's good. But I, I would, I, you know, I, I do, you know, I, I would like to someday sort of take it to the next. I say someday I'm 45 years old, so <laughs> I don't know how much longer people will pay me to work on video games, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to, work on that big you know duke nukem or, or, or something for naughty dog or i have gotten to work for telltale in the past which oh is there a you go trip. yeah uh, it was a while ago but I, I, I worked on some of their earlier uh, licensed offerings like csi and law and order oh wow but, i don't uh, even know they made those I learned, yeah i learned a lot and i'm a big i'm a big telltale fanboy yeah so, so am i i think i've played so, them all except those two you mentioned i started off with actually, back to the future well, and i think yeah. i've played them all up to date since back to the future yeah, I mean, those games were really fun and cool. I, I you know, I don't know that it's worth uh, going, going Probably to, not. To, to play the, the CSI stuff necessarily, but they were fun. No, definitely. Was, those were important, I think, in, in Telltale's early days that that uh, I think those really helped the company. No, that's to, cool. Uh, of course. Uh, get where they eventually were but me too yeah i played the walking dad yeah uh game of thrones game of thrones and, yeah uh, jurassic park even i actually worked on i did some dialogue writing for jurassic park oh there you uh, go one two episodes oh i, nice. I never played i have, still haven't played them it's not bad <laughs> it's not the best of the telltale series but again it's not the worst so i guess that's all i think it was i think it sort of got them to where like like if it weren't for jurassic park i don't know that we would have gotten the walking dead uh games that they made like that's i think true. it was a bridge between their older styles and then the it, yeah 
they have now. Monkey Island, what they made, um, that's what made me want to get into games in the first place was the old original Monkey Island stuff. Yeah, that's going way back. Yeah, it's going way back. How about Leisure Suit Larry? Did that ever get you into the writing? I actually worked on a Leisure Suit Larry game. Shut up. Leisure Suit Larry, (laughs) Magna Cum Laude. (laughs) He's still around? Well, yeah. Well, this is why. I mean, this is going back to two thousand five, two thousand six. Oh, okay, okay, okay. When we, when me and Matt both worked on uh, Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude, which Holy shit. Uh, did pretty well for itself. Actually, oh, um, wow. the writing got a lot of praise. Got a lot of got some 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 definite some some people panned the uh, humor. <laughs> of it, course, it, a lot, yeah, a lot of people really really liked it, and. Um, and then there was one more game after that that somebody else made called Box Office Bust. Oh, okay. That kind of almost killed the franchise. And wow. then Al Lowe himself came back, did a Kickstarter, and I think oh. he did a um, update. He did, they kind of did, what, I think, one of the first, if not the first, Larry game, and they like redid it with some, some new stuff. Okay, that's cool. And I'm not quite sure how well that that did or not. but um, Right. Um, you know, he'll be back. I'm quite sure of it. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, next question. And this will be the final question, and then we'll get into some news, because this will lead, right, it ties into my first topic. Are you an sure. Xbox or a Sony guy? Um, I have them all. I have oh, the, shit. The PS, okay. PS4, Xbox One. I've got the Switch. i okay. got the PS4. i got some virtual reality in the PS4. It just so, it's just whatever we gravitate to. And I, Actually, I have two Xbox Ones Okay. because I have two kids, kids that are two teenagers. Yeah, the teenagers and are big in Texas. That's just kind of that, that's just kind of like all they play. Gotcha. And the PS4 kind of right now, and even the Switch kind of collects dust. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't have as much time to play games as, gotcha. as I would like to. Um um, so I got, I guess, but I guess I got to say we're probably in, at this point an Xbox household. Like. Perfect. Then that ties in right into my first topic. Okay. All right. So I was pulling this up and anything that regards the things that make my eyes pop on Twitter are anything sexual, of course, mm-hmm. wrestling, which could be sexual too. So it goes hand in hand, video games and sports. Those are my main like topics I gravitate to on Twitter. So this caught my eye. And gotta hang out. I hate Microsoft. Like, I hate their product. I don't like Xbox. I never liked it. I've never been an Xbox fanboy. Now, but now I'm going to start to like them. Did you hear the new controller they came out with that is aimed towards physically disabled people? I did see that news. I didn't um, read the article carefully, but I I did see the announcement that they were coming out with a new controller, which is cool. Well, it Uh, is, because you know how many people... Well, for example, I know some people who've gotten disabled after... And now they can't play video games and they used to love playing video games just because they yeah. either have twitchy hands or they can't hold the physical controller or whatnot, right? Yeah. This yeah. thing looks like, you know, the big keyboard from, from the movie Big, where okay. he, he's jumping on it. <laughs> so it sort of looks like something long like that. And it's okay. got two big, huge ass buttons. So I guess you could even sit on it if you want. And then it has like a, a joypad on the other side. So it's, I think it's more, either, it's probably either censored or... It's just huge, and you just step on. I don't. I don't know either way, but it's geared towards anyone who is, like I said, physically disabled. So that just opens up a whole new market for Xbox. And and what I really like, what I'm what I'm looking forward to is, is you think about like um, when I retire. Ah, that's smart too. Yes. And all I want, all I can think about is when I'm really old and I can't have sex with my wife, <laughs> and I'm not allowed to eat anything good. 
and I can't drink beer anymore. Um, what are you going to do? I'm going to sit there and play all these games that I don't even have time for now. You know what? That's so true. Right? I'm just going to game like like it's going to be. You're going to be like a teenager. You're going to be like teenagers are now. You know you what? Don't have to. Worry. You don't have a job and, and all this. Uh, so we're going to need those uh, that type of accessibility as we get older. Yeah, so that's well, that's exactly thing. it. And there's so many, like, I'm looking at it now as you were talking, and it's really, no one really explains how it works, and I don't want to read all these long-ass articles because that's not good for podcasting. But, again, everyone knows I don't fact-check before I talk about something. It just makes for <laughs> sure, better yeah, podcasting. Yeah, exactly. I don't. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Good, at least I admit to it. But <laughs> it looks like there's a lot of attachments, like sort of a la the Wii was, with, like, a, a, some kind of remote that right. was in the air, a huge-ass button, like... Ear, earbuds even as well so i guess maybe yeah, it's I mean, even for you know, deaf people you, just, you, you never think know that they'd, oh, i'm sorry go ahead no i was just saying maybe it's for deaf and blind people as well who knows you think that they tested it pretty exhausting i think so. i would and, hope so <laughs> yeah and even though you know the, the so the the nintendo wii was really kind of onto something because i i know yes. this i remember my dad had a stroke oh okay when, sorry to hear uh, yeah. The Wii, the Wii was was out, and they had one at the hospital oh. to help with some of his rehab, or as my dad my dad called it the YI. That was uh, that was what he called it. Okay, the Nintendo YI. But he they had it at the hospital for him to do some rehab on. So I think the, the you know with the motion controller and that kind of thing, they were they were kind of onto something there. Well, it's true. My dad, I've never seen my dad ever play a video game in his life. And he always bitched at me as a kid to go outside because I was because again I'm well I'm I'm a bit younger than you I'm um, well I'll be 39 soon enough so sort of the same upbringing in the late 70s sure. early 80s you know what I mean we didn't have electronics so we had to go outside yeah so he would always bitch to go outside go outside whatever. and then one time we had the whole family over and we decided to put on the Wii when it first came out and we had Mario Kart I never uh, seen yeah, my dad yeah. have so much fun in his life playing Mario Kart. <laughs> For the first that time, because awesome. he used it as right. as if he was driving the car. So he used the steering wheel, not the two nunchucks, yeah. right? So for him, we it was just like it. driving a car. Yeah. So he, it was accessible to him. It. A 70-year-old man never played a video game in his life, and he came in like third or fourth when he played. So it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. Awesome. Those are the yeah. stories. So you see, you do have hope, because people in our <laughs> generation... <laughs> That's right. No, people in our generation are going to get old and still want to play video games. So they might want to come to you to write them. I'll, that would be great. I'll do like the Matlock... <laughs> or, or NCIS, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's funny. The last time, my wife's not totally uninterested in video games, but mm-hmm. we have Mario Kart. We bought it for the Switch. Oh, nice! And I bought uh, four of those little steering wheels. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's the last time we all played together. Was all yeah. four of us was was Mario Kart, and it was really see. fun. Yeah, yeah really see, cool. and same thing with my wife. She really is, she tries, but. It's not like it used to be video... Because she used to love video games when she was younger. Then she took like a break from literally Super Nintendo to like PS2. So yeah. the whole 3D aspect and it be able to go every... She can't get the grasp of it. And there's just too many buttons. She's like, why can't there just be two buttons? They are... Uh, yeah, I, I can sympathize. Um, it, 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 it makes is, sense though. It, it's true. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. As I get older, it's true. Because me and my co-host, I, uh, I just had on Pedro... He loves to play every video game on the hardest level and get every fucking trophy. He's just crazy that way. Where right. I just want to have enjoyment. I want everything. I don't want to die. Again, I talked about this in the last episode, but you didn't hear it. So I don't want to die a hundred times to clear something that I know I'm going to eventually clear anyways. I'm right. old. I'm not exactly. playing this 
to get like a rush. I'm playing this to get out of my everyday life stress. It's it's sort of, it's like a drug. Like I want to just have an easy good time with it, not be frustrated. Yeah, time is a factor when you get older. Too. Yes, it's, it's not even the complexity, but it's like you know, I got shit to do. I gotta thank you. Give kids rides to places, pay bills, and take up the garbage. <laughs> Uh, Adult stuff. <laughs> what, what, what am I? F- uh, so it, yeah, it's interesting. I, I've always been really into the story of the game I play. Okay. And what I really want to do is is have fun and finish it. But it's like I, as a kid, I wanted to kind of see the next scene, the next yes. cutscene. And, and, yes, and yes. it's funny, even with like Miss Pac Man, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, Act One, they meet. Ooh, oh, what's Act Two? You know, I'm, I'm right. clear these boards, but I want to see the next cutscene. Um. So I love Dragon Quest, right? It's oh, just okay. all like cutscenes that you can control, and right. um, yeah, I uh, I've always been kind of just it, I want to be engaged by a cool story and fun gameplay, and uh, that's why I, I keep bringing up The Last of Us. But it was like you know, great story, and then in between you're, you're blowing away zombies, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's why I'm a, a Telltale fanboy as well, which right. Makes they sense. call them interactive experiences. They don't yes. call them games. But like, uh, uh, did you did you ever yeah. play Until Dawn on PS4? No, I just said good. Is that a, I oh should, my uh, goodness! Should, should that one, oh, the co-host again, Pedro. That's one of his favorite games of all time. You have to check it out. Okay, I definitely will. Maybe I'll do it on the PS4 so the PS4 can get a little love. Well, there you uh, go. Yeah, do that. It, it's you, you, I'm telling you, just the story alone, you will not regret it. And again, it has some good actors in it. We talked about it. it has Hayden Penetary in it and the star from Mr. Robot. He's in it as well. So it's um, not too bad. Yeah, it's funny how you, you talked about like uh, us growing up and our parents wanted us to go outside. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the home systems we had at the time, <laughs> you know, the Magnafox Odyssey or the Atari. ColecoVision, uh, I had. Kinda, What's that? The ColecoVision is what I had as a kid. ColecoVision, they kind of sucked. <laughs> they did. Like they weren't. They weren't good. <laughs> no. And and what was what was what was way better was the arcade, right? Thank like, you. Yeah. So my my dad, he'd tell me the same thing. He'd be like, "Go outside, go outside." So we'd say, "Okay, you know, when you're 14, I'd get on the bus and you'd go to the uh, Wonderland Nickel Arcade oh, wow. here in uh, Portland, and and we'd go inside the dark, you know, dank arcade." Yeah, and uh, for five bucks you can play all day. What? Go home. You know, then, yeah, well, for nickels, a nickel a game. Right? Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then you go home, and your dad, mom, and dad be like, "Oh, great! You must have had a good. You must have played outside all day. You must have had a good day." <laughs> if they only yeah. knew. And in Oregon, there's no sun, so nobody could tell. Like, oh, like, that's if true. You're pale, too. right? Like, you wouldn't, you couldn't catch on. <laughs> it wouldn't be like, "Where's your suntan?" You'd be like, "Well, yeah, it's it's Oregon." nobody's getting something oh well perfect since you are the same age group you might appreciate this news did you hear that bill and ted is coming back oh i did what do you think your thoughts on? Um, well first off are you a a fan of the original i am a fan of the original my my co-writer matt too bad he's not here because he loves those guys oh and um we almost Almost, well, we, we had somebody ask us about possibly working on a Bill and Ted game once, the two of us. Shut up. That would have been crazy. And he almost had a heart attack. Oh, my and, God. Uh, it, fortunately, it just it never happened. I don't think it ever it ever transpired at all. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't remember it, there ever being a video game on them. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, I saw both in the theater. 
And I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked for Bill and Ted, of course. Because it's not a remake. It's a continuation with the two original guys. Obviously, Keanu Reeves, right? As it should be. How cool is that? Well, I have to give Keanu Reeves love. Again, another (laughs) another Torontonian. And actually, tidbit for people who don't know, I actually went one year to the same high school as he did. So there's a nice oh, tie. Oh, you're kidding. As, as which one? As Canoe or... Uh, uh, Keanu, yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah. Keanu, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, how cool is that? Because he, he could easily blow this off for another project. Of course, because he he's huge. I understand the other guy. He wants to get back in the spotlight. See, I right. don't even know the other guy's name. Put it that way. That's how, yeah, how famous he is. Uh, his, you know, he, 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 I... Uh, is Canoe's... Or, I'm sorry, how do you pronounce his name? I'm terrible at pronouncing Keanu. Keanu. Uh, yeah, it's it's so cool that he's that he's going to do another one. No, it is. It probably wouldn't wouldn't happen without him, I imagine. I just wonder how they're going to do it. If they're going to do it where it's them still idiots with no family, or are they going to be Family <laughs> Guys with kids? Because I I don't know about you. I always hate now again. This is coming from a guy who has no kids and doesn't want kids. I hate when there's kids in comedic movies or serious. Like I, I just takes away from it. Seems like. Yeah. All the attention goes towards just the kids. It could be. I, I, here's one way it might go: is uh, who, you know, who knows? But but what what might be interesting is if they're a little bit kind of grown up, and and it's kind of like Peter Pan who had to grow up, and and it's you know, and they get they got kind of caught up in being an adult, and oh. uh, they kick it you know in their garage once once a month. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. You know, Maybe they jam in their garage. Everyone's from the Wild Stallions, or that's right, you know. the Wild Stallions. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, and then maybe you know they're dealing with their kids who are who are idiots like they were. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's what I figured. That, that's what would make but, the most sense. But then you don't have to focus on the kids. It's like they could just be like kidnapped or some shit, right? And then right. they have to get back to their roots. They have to become kind of like morons again to to. Uh, to like rescue their kids and save the world and all that other jazz. I just hope they, they don't ruin the script because an, another idea that floated through my head is they might do something like exactly what you said, but in order to get to that, they had to travel back in time again to their younger self, which is all CD, <laughs> CGI'd, <laughs> and then they're talking to them. Well, actually, yeah. you know what? It might be because it is the original writers too. So they might come up with something good. I think I think it'll be fun. You know, it's, I it's, hope so. It's, it was always about just, just silly, stupid fun. It was. So, um, I think that, uh, you know, I think it, I, I don't think it'll disappoint. You never know with, with these kinds of things. Well, how, well, speaking of remakes and comebacks, how about this one? Again, with the genre of being an 80s baby. Thundercats. Yeah. Did you hear they're bringing back Thundercats for actually the third time? see that. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. So, Thundercats was probably the last sort of, uh, I think, Saturday morning cartoon that I ever really got into before oh. I sort of aged out. Okay, gotcha. Like, it was the very last one where I'm like, yeah, it just, I love this. I'm watching this every weekend. Right. <laughs> um, I'm going to, you know, uh, you're 14, so, of course, you, you, you're dreaming about Chitara uh, saving you from, like, a tar pit or something. And then, you know, <laughs> uh, it, you're, you're, it goes from there. But right. um, I uh, so so yeah, I've always thought the Thundercats were cool. I had no idea that they even tried to bring it back a second time. I they did. Apparently, thought. in 2011, they came out with I think one season, and it was half decent. But then it, it went nowhere. Now I now I know why it went nowhere because no one fucking knew about it. 
Because <laughs> no, no, I probably would have watched I, it. I did see that these poor guys at Cartoon Network debuted with their art style. The art style. Yeah, what do you think people. of it, actually? Because I saw it too. You know, uh, it, it, here's my general philosophy for all this stuff. It, it, it's not for me, right? Okay. Like, I've, I, I've made my peace with this stuff. Star Wars is a good example. Mm-hmm. I, of course, you know, I, I saw the first movie in 1977. I was five years old. I saw it in the theater. Nice. Fell in love, like like everybody. Yeah, well, me too. That yeah. time. Um, grew up with it, loved it. Was pretty disappointed with episodes one through three. But but oh, around that everybody. time, I, I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm an adult. And and it's <laughs> not that adults can't, can't or aren't supposed to enjoy this stuff, but it's just like... They're not making these films for me. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm That's I'm true. okay with that. It's, yeah, it's it's the it's the cycle of life, right? Yeah. Um, Thundercats. You know, it's really cool. Would I watch it? Anyways, <laughs> at this point in my life, probably not. Um, it is an interesting choice, <laughs> right? Right. For for that fra- for that franchise, you know, I don't know that I would have gone with that. But um, I know it's it's you know, it, I, it's it's a total complete yeah. three. Okay, for those of you who don't know, it's like that sort of Japanese anime sort of art style to it. So they right. have like the big bubbly eyes, like enhanced features, but they're all like very short and chubby. So that's pretty much it. it it's what kids dig, I suppose. And I mean, this this stuff's always changing, right? Well, like yeah, of course. kids these days are really into anime, and yes, uh, they are. Even porn anime is on the rise too, believe it or not. When we were kids, there was, I'd never heard of anime. I had no idea it existed. You know, it it was there in Japan, but it it wasn't mainstream uh, American, in American culture. No, no, of course. Um, Not here in Canada either. So when I see, yeah, when I see like a superhero cartoon done in like that sort of style, it, it doesn't pull me in. But, but they're not making it for me. They're making it for young people who are into that stuff. And 20 years from now, they'll be making Batman and Robin in a That's true. totally different style. That, that Yeah, but hold on. Here's a perfect example. Have okay, you watched sure. the remake or the reboot of Voltron on Netflix? Okay. That is tailored to the people who originally watched it, and now they almost are doing a retelling of it, but they're not treating you as a child. So it's more, right. there's more story, there's more action. You could tell Voltron is not for kids. And right. even though it should be, but they're not. And you could tell that the writers used to watch the show too because it's, I think it's, this is one of the very few times I'll ever say this. It's probably the best, it's better than the original. How about that? Cool. I, and that's a choice too, right? To, to, to play to the nostalgia of the original fans who are now older yeah but you know if, if that if that audience is is large enough to support what you're doing then then great you know i i'm i'm pro creator um well, i yeah. want you know i want people to succeed of course uh, and i'm happy for them to succeed now to succeed you have to you have to reach an audience and and they have to you know be excited and, and support what you're doing so right you know, again, maybe, um, maybe it won't work. Um, but I, I, you know, wish them the best of luck. Yeah, it's like you said; they're not trying to reel us back in. They're trying to get new eyes on the product. So maybe this it's, is the best yeah. way, right? So yeah, that's a that's a decision they made, and um, it, it, you know, the, but it's interesting. It's like I have seen the reaction from even from people that I think are are pretty uh, even handed, sort of open minded 
people right not not reacting real well to the <laughs> to the chosen art style well yeah i i well again i always harp on everything so everyone knows how i am <laughs> but i don't like to sway i guess the so-called listeners view on stuff by saying what other people think about it because i i harp on it like i said i harp on everything i think everything sucks but yeah it's the same thing i've heard i saw the reviews and everything and a lot of people are very upset so right off everything the bat does, yeah. everything does kind of suck in a way it's just well that's because we grew up in the area of the in the era <laughs> of actual having an original thought instead of recycling everything or pandering to just i guess the one percenters or the top people who are going to buy this stuff yeah. you know what i mean and I don't know that this. I mean, I'm not sure how new this is, but it, but it is a curious decision to have to make. You know, when you're rebooting something, do you cater to nostalgia, I know. or do you try to win over a completely new audience uh, and a new? When you have a whole new generation of humans that are out there, yeah, you know that, that's what I mean. Some people gave George Lucas a lot of credit for episodes one through three because he was targeting. He didn't go after kids born in the early 70s right and, exactly uh, he was he was targeting our children and i think they lapped it up you know they 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 at that time they dug the movies and they really got into the clone wars animated series and all yeah actually that stuff. was good i actually watched all the seasons of that too that was pretty good see that there, yeah. there's an example there where it, it could it's I, i'm assuming it's more towards the adult but there's enough parts in there where you could watch it with say your daughter or your son you know what i mean yeah, and, and I, <clears throat> I took my kids to those movies, and um, a lot of the fun for me is just kind of seeing them enjoy it, you know, exactly. enjoy the Clone Wars animated series, and enjoy that stuff. I, I get a kick out of, out of seeing them enjoy it. Um, um, and now there's this whole new generation of kids. You know, the Star Wars will, is it lives on, maybe because they they weren't pandering to the same audience. But trying to get new people into the fold, I, I, you know. Um, but yeah. then you gave a good example of Voltron, where yeah. it's apparently doing well because there are enough fans, and that's what Netflix can do for you. I think. Thank you. Like I, I want Netflix. Fuck Google. I want Netflix to take over the world. Enough is enough. They know what the fuck's going on with people. So. <laughs> but I love Netflix. I, I'm I'm always on there. I I. Netflix gives me too much credit because I think Netflix thinks that I speak like seven languages. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I noticed that too. Yeah. I noticed yeah. that too. Cause well, obviously our Netflixes are different because of, I guess our country's restriction sure. laws and all that stuff. Right. And, and what, whatnot. But yeah, I noticed that I get a lot of Dutch stuff. I get a lot of yeah. Danish <laughs> stuff, but to their credit though, if you go in the, in the options, there is an option to put it with English overlapped but the lips don't it's, match I, but you know yeah like i, I you know I, this happens to me all the time where it's like uh netflix original yes dark twisting tale of yep. murder and intrigue and i'm like fuck yeah let's do this yep. and it's it's a danish film with no english subtitles that i can see and yeah, i'm like see, well i hard. Uh, you know i mean i'm not proud of it but i only speak the one language <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't speak dutch or you know portuguese or whatever this really really fucking cool movie you made is i'm happy for people who, who can understand it but i don't need you to promote this to me heavily because it's just it's not. true well and thank you you just got brownie points for saying portuguese because my, portuguese. Par- <laughs> my parents are from portugal and i'm portuguese descent so thank you for saying portuguese oh you're welcome well that's like it's like 
all right, well, I can't watch this du- these Dutch actors. What else do you got? And they're like, well, we got Portuguese and German. I uh, know, it's true. Well, f- uh, actually, a perfect example of this is I just finished watching um, the first season. It's called The Rain. It said it was a Netflix original, but mm-hmm. it's from right. it's from Denmark. I switched it to English, so they speak in English. But again, like I said, the lips are off. But you get sort of used to it. It's a bit bad acting, but the story is amazing. So I ended up watching can, it. Why not? I can totally deal with that my one problem with my only problem with subtitles in particular is uh i have to pay so close attention to the whole fucking time because you have to see that's why i can't do subtitles we we changed the actual language to english you could actually do that but yeah yeah, subtitles i can't do fuck that when that's an option, I always do that. But but if it's if it's if it's uh, subtitles are my only option, I'm like, well, fuck, I can't. I've AD, ADHD. I have a roaring case of ADHD. So you're always on your phone or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do seven other tasks while I'm watching the film that I I don't want to. I'm not going to bother because I can't pay attention that closely for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I got one more thing. Yeah. Or maybe two. I don't know. We're still good on time, so we'll see how it is. We were just talking about kids and how kids are these days and whatnot. And this is stuff that I'm surprised that our generation didn't come up with. You know all these so-called internet challenges like the Tide Pod Challenge and whatnot? Have have you heard the newest one now that just came out? Or Sorry, it's been around since 2012, but all of a sudden it's being popular now. What is it? The Salt and Ice Challenge. Salt and ice. So you douse whatever part of your body you want. A lot of people are doing it on their arms, on their hands, with Ugh. with salt. And then you put a block of ice on top, and you record yourself on how long you could withstand the pain. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy that it's not something like... It's better than the tide pool challenge. See, but is it? See, this is what people... People don't well, you're not know. Ingesting poison. Well, it's true, but listen to this because I actually read up on this one because I, I needed to know exactly what the because I was like, yo, I was like, okay, what's the worst you're gonna get is a little rash? No, no, no. Actually, because of the the salt, it makes the ice even colder by a few degrees, which in turn makes you get um, what's it called? Oh, I can't. Frostbite. Yes, thank you. It makes you get frostbite. Which Ugh. makes your skin turn to leather, and then you lose all your your blood vessels die off. Oh, and that part of the body, no more hair will grow. So, you know what I mean? It still yeah, is pretty it's, bad. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, it, and when you and when you have kids, my kids are fourteen and thirteen. Oh, so perfect age they're, group. They're, they're probably yeah. doing this. <laughs> they're they're what we call Irish twins. My wife okay. doesn't like it when I refer to them, but. Um, <laughs> You're scared to death all the time of every one of these, these of the internet and how they're going to, like, it, it, I'll tell you, the only good thing I can say about this new trend is it has nothing to do with, like, hanging yourself. Uh, oh, yes, you know, the asphyxiation ones, yeah. Right. If, 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 if it's got, you know, if it's got nothing to do with choking yourself, it already, I'm, already, I'm already like, well, maybe this isn't so bad. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Unless okay. you're choking in a sexual position with... Both, uh, cons- um, uh, what's the word? I get hit in the head a lot, so don't worry about it. Consulting. Consent- is it consulting? Consenting. 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 Thank you. Consenting uh, adults. Then, well, then sure. that's okay. That's a whole different area, I suppose. But, but uh, that's a good I'm area. Just, like, I hear about the choking game, and that's... Yeah, uh, just uh, enlighten me on this. I've never heard of the choking game. What is the choking game? Uh, 
it, what, what is the choking game? Um, is it someone physically it was, choking it, another person, or it do was you? Like a, it was like a viral trend. Okay. Where it was like, and I, 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 I don't remember the details, but it was like basically kids choking themselves. I want to say to the the point of unconsciousness or something. And well, gee, what could possibly go wrong there, right? Right. Well, you could choke yourself too much and die. Mm. So this, you know, this happened uh, more than once, and it's you know just wow. for this this fucking. But no kid should be that bored, right? <laughs> but again, you, you have kids, and you're responsible, obviously, by talking to you. You have a job. You know what you're doing. You talk to your kids, I assume, and you teach them right from wrong. Where the fuck are these kids' parents? Isn't that what everybody uh, keeps saying? Like, what the I, fuck I, is going on here? I, You know, it, it's funny. I mean, yes, but also it's like kids, at a, when they get to be teenagers, can be so good at keeping secrets. That's they can true, be so yeah. good at, at having a little, you know, a, a hidden life from their parents. Okay, yeah. And uh, I don't, you know, that we, we do our best, like everybody. We keep them very busy. My kids play sports constantly year round. Good for you. And uh, they and they enjoy it. They're athletic. Oh, okay. Like, I, I was not like they're. Uh, I grew up a pudgy nerd. <laughs> My kids are jocks, which is weird. They're, well, but, I, I mentioned this on an episode too. Not to say that you're an ugly person, because I've never seen you <laughs> in like in person. But uh, they all usually say two ugly people make a beautiful baby, and two non-athletic <laughs> people make an athletic baby. So maybe that's what happened. I think yeah. But my grandfather was athletic. Maybe it skipped a generation. My wife's oh, very pretty. Okay. Uh, I used to be good looking. I think in my twenties, <laughs> I used to be kind of good looking. And they got their mom's eyes, and they got blonde hair. They're, they and and keeping them busy. Um, we we we, you know, my wife and I we complain sometimes. Like right. our whole life is driving from one lacrosse game to yeah. the next, or a basketball tournament, or football practices like every day in right. the fall. But it's 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 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours that they are not just fucking around. That, uh, yes. Stupid stuff to do, like uh, freeze your skin to the point yeah. of necropsy or choke yourself. But, well, like the, the old saying goes, idle hands, right? So that's, yeah, that's and, the and, thing. And, and I had too much spare time when I was a kid. And, uh, and, uh, I know. Luckily, I, know. I was a nerd, so you don't get into too much trouble. But but um, young men sort of flittering around <laughs> with nothing really to do uh, is never a good scene. Because no. they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be like hey let's go volunteer somewhere. Uh, they're gonna be like hey let's set fire to our <laughs> our foot and see what happens. It's, it's like so true. Put it on YouTube. Um, and that's the so other thing, the YouTube factor, right? Everyone wants to be famous. That's the uh, the that, other problem. That, that, we didn't have that. No, we did not. We weren't we weren't, tr- we weren't trying to get 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 you know lots of likes on Instagram nope. necessarily. If someone did something um, fucked up, it's because that person really is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And, you know, with screen time, you know, my parents didn't, didn't really monitor much, but it was pretty easy to turn off the TV. And uh, at that point, like I, like I talked about before, you had to go to the arcade. Yeah. The phones are, are a real complication because they, it's just, they have, they have a, this thing in their pocket. Mm-hmm. It's like appendage that they can play games constantly or go on the internet and see God knows what. Right. So you're fighting a battle. Like it's kind of like being a prison warden, <laughs> where you only have so much time. To, like I have internet. I have uh, uh, internet filters in my home. Okay. And right. I have 
but it's like they're so crafty kids. Of course they're like they the, are. the prisoner that has 24 hours a day to, to dream up of how to escape or kill a guard. Yes, yes. You only have like eight hours a day as a, as a prison guard to try to like stop them from, from doing shit. Well, it's true. And they're they're going to win eventually. eventually well, they always win. win. Well, this, this is what I tell parents all the time too when they vent or complain to me about their kids is that they're like, oh, my kid's so much smarter. And I'm like, Weren't you smarter than your parents? Didn't you do the same shit to your parents? Like, you know what I mean? Each generation just keeps getting smarter and smarter. That's all it is. It, it, it does feel like it. And I say, I say the same thing too, although I think it's true. My wife is very smart. She's an engineer. Mm-hmm. And uh, suppose the kids take, get their intelligence from their mother. <laughs> they, they get good grades in school. And nice, I, I nice. was a C student. <laughs> kind of barely, barely, barely sweep <laughs> by. Right, and so there's they. I think they really are smart, and um, and they can, you know, when kids when kids are trying to get what they want, oh, there's no stopping. Pretty, pretty devious. Yeah, and, uh, it's very challenging. It's very hard. Oh um, yeah, well, I, I could only. I've well, I know it. it's hard. I chose not to take that plunge. So, <laughs> you, you, your <laughs> choice for you, sir. Good. Choice. <laughs> I hope it's a good choice. We'll see once I get older if it's a good choice. No, but I already told my wife we're saving enough money where we're gonna have. She's gonna get a, a male nurse that's ripped that walks around in nothing but just a fucking thong g string for her amusement, and I'm gonna get the same way, but a woman version of that. And there you go. We'll both be happy. They're just gonna live in your house, and that's it. <laughs> it's better than having what? kids and them not being there, and then you resenting them for it. <laughs> right. Because right. you never no, know. I, I, there, there's, I can see the attraction there. It's yeah. not, I, will, I might bring that up to my wife and see. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Well, it is fair. Well, well. once you make the plunge, well, the one thing I do say to people is if you make the plunge not have kids, make sure you're 100%. Even if you have that little inklage, do not yeah. do it because it's going to come back and haunt you. Both me and my wife were 100% for sure both on board to never having it. And we've yeah. been together for over 17 years and we've never brought it up once that we want a kid. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's all a, good. It's a, it's a good choice. I mean, it, it's, it, uh, there's no wrong choice there except what you really want to do. Thank you. For yourself, right? And yeah. thank you. I hate these parents that are like, oh, you don't want to have a kid? Oh, you're not a real woman. You're not a real man if you don't have a kid. Oh, fuck you. Jesus, I, 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 I mean, I love my kids and they're great, but you know, they're, like I said, they're teenagers now. I, yeah. I have nothing but like envy sometimes for, for people who are like, hey, we're going to Hawaii for the third time this year. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what people usually look at me and my wife because we're, we're, we're those people who go away every year to the Caribbean or at least we yeah. try to if whatever yeah. pending, but it's never because of kids we don't go. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, one last uh, thing. Okay, yeah. no, go ahead. You're going to say something? No, no. I mean, it, it, it's... I, I I can see the attraction to not not having children. Well, just as I could see the attraction to having children, but for me, yeah. it doesn't outweigh the pros and the cons. Whereas someone like in your case, having kids outweighs the pros. Like you know what I mean? So it's whatever. Hey, to each his own, and that's what makes the world a yeah. beautiful place. We all have different opinions and ideas. Yeah. But okay, last topic before mm-hmm. I get because I usually end off the show with some dumb laws, and I pulled up some dumb Oregon laws just for you. So. <laughs> Just to see if you know about these laws, or maybe if you're even breaking these laws. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so, right. what if this happened to you? Okay, again, being a nerd growing up and being into nerd culture, wasn't it always your dream to go on, like, say, a treasure hunt or to find a treasure or dig up something and encounter something as a kid? Wasn't that, like, your ultimate dream? 
it's my ultimate dream now. <laughs> like any any time I see a treasure finding story, it kills me that I and, and even I just heard one. I was talking. I, I went to New York over the weekend. Oh, perfect! I think you're going to bring up the story I'm going to talk about. Go ahead. Uh, the family that found like a safe in their yard. Yes, and in, all these ju- in Staten Island. Yes, and here's the, I here's, live for those stories. Here's the kicker: they fucking gave it all back to someone. What the fuck? Well, that was nice of them. I hope they get, you know, maybe a finder's fee or reward. Well, it wasn't, okay, I don't want to seem big time, but in the big scheme of things, it was $52,000. It's not like they could retire off of that or anything, right? And, and here's the thing is, there's going to be some intrigue there because this family was robbed and that's how that stuff got buried in their yard. Really? Buried it. Well, I, I, it like? as much as I read was some couple found... They thought it was an electrical box for how many years since they've been living there. And that's the other thing. They've been living there years, looking at this box, thinking it's just an electrical box. And then they finally decide to go look at it and play with it. And it opens up and it's a treasure of gold, cash, diamonds, what, whatnot. Like I said, worth $52,000, right? But, like, yeah. Again, I don't know. Who do you give this to? Who do you call in this situation? Well, they found the owners of like it was a previous previous owner, I think, of the house. Okay, right? so that's what you were saying. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. And they got robbed, but was it an inside job? Because someone oh. obviously took the safe from the home, buried it in the yard. Maybe they planned to come back later. Never oh, did. Never did. The Maybe house, they died the or something. On? Yeah. And, and here's the, I told this so my I was I was in New York talking to this about my cousin and he told me about magnet fishing. Have okay. you seen that? No. People would go over the, like the Hudson River, throw in a lot of cable with a huge magnet on the end, and they're pulling up like Civil War swords, Shit. like swords in the Civil War, and just you know lots of garbage too. But like that's all I want to do. Like the, that that's my ultimate fantasy right there. Uh, it's just to like find a treasure. Well, yeah, well, again, yeah. me, everyone knows, my favorite movie of all time is The Goonies, so that's oh, a, yes, a real-life yes, Goonies story without, I guess, almost dying and going underground. I can and tell you, the Goonies house is still there in, uh, I forget what town, in Oregon. That's right, because it's that. in Oregon. Yes, you're right. <laughs> and uh, what's funny about it is everyone just kind of assumes that it's like a museum now and you can walk <laughs> up to it, but it's actually this privately owned house. Oh, my God. And the people who live there are just... Are driven, are driven. Not they have signs everywhere now. That Shut say, up! Keep the fuck out. This is not this. Yes. Oh my god! House. Well, you know what? If no, I'm ever in Oregon, come. I'm gonna go over there and do the truffle <laughs> shuffle in front of them and see what they say. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to be on like you know the sidewalk because they just will there will not let people go. Oh yeah, that's right. And these guys got guns in the states, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be doing that type of shit. Oregon, Oregon is kind of like the Mississippi of the West Coast. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, Portland is is very, uh, I don't. Portland's becoming more and more like San Francisco, but the rest. Right. Uh, not to, I'm not knocking the rest of the state. Yeah, yeah, of course. But 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 people see, see Portland and think that Oregon is all just like, you know, uh, uh, it's all hipsters, and, right? And, uh, Coffee shops know. everywhere, type right. deal. Yeah, yeah. And Oregon is the seventh largest state in the union. Wow. And uh, uh, it, it's not. It, most of it is ranchers and uh, you know lumberjacks and. Uh, it's not Portlandia everywhere out here. <laughs> yeah, I really have very minimum knowledge of Portland. The only thing I know about Portland and Oregon is that, A, Roddy Piper used to live there. He lived in Aloha, which is really a suburb of Portland, not See, far. There you go. 
I can't believe he died. I was so sad when he died. Well, he, again, he has ties to me in Canada because he was born in Canada, right? So that's right. He was a Canadian. And, yes, he was. Uh, and, and then uh, he, like every well, other he, famous he, Canadian, they moved to the states. <laughs> they moved, and, and he, he uh, the the so. We had Pacific Northwest Wrestling, which was an Indian oh, that's right. territory. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it growing up. And he, this was not his first territory he ever worked in, right? But uh, it was one of it was one of the probably the territory that really put him over. And he always loved it here. He would when, nice. when the later when the WWF would visit Portland, yep. he would um, refuse to work in Portland because he didn't want to hurt. Oh. They had that NWA territory, which was struggling to survive. Wow, look at that. And I think he moved here just because he liked it so much, or he ended up settling down here because he liked it so much. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's my minimum knowledge of Portland. Oh, and because I'm a huge MMA fan, Chael Sonnen ah. is also in Oregon, so. Oh, is it? Okay. So that's pretty much that. my ties with Oregon, as far as I know. I know that there is a, in Gresham, another suburb of Portland called Gresham, there's a pretty okay. serious gym, and there was a guy out of there who was a pretty big early star early on in the UFC. And he is? He came out of... Oh, I can't remember. He was pretty... God damn, it was not Iceman, but it was like another old guy, like, God, another old timer. You know, I can't maybe remember. I'll try to Google it real quick if you want to... Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, while you Google that, I'll bring up the dumb laws from Oregon since we're talking about Oregon. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, first one. Now, this is very weird and... Uh, I hope this is fake because then you guys are really missing out on this at gas stations. Drivers may not pump their own gas. <laughs> are you right, serious? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true for in Oregon and New Jersey. Uh, wow. It's really, it's really stupid. It, I think so. Uh, <laughs> it's really dumb and annoying. Yeah. Uh, because I've lived in other states. I was born oh, okay. in Portland, but I lived other places where it's, it's, it's not that hard. Right. Right. Like no one's going to die. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and especially, like, if you go out to the boonies right. and you want to get gas at 2 in the morning, some of these gas stations will be like, fuck it, we'll close down. Oh, and, uh, you can't get gas at 2 in the morning. In, that's true, too. In, in a tiny town in Oregon because they just have to close. Yeah, it's really dumb. I don't know I don't know what the deal is, but it's it's Oregon and New Jersey. You can't pump your own gas. Wow. And sometimes it'll, it'll screw you up. You know, Portland's right on the Washington border. Yeah. So you'll drive over into Washington, pull up in front of a pump, and I'll sit there for a while. <laughs> Where the fuck is this guy? <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. And you start the cussing hell, and everything. Where the hell is this guy? Yeah. And then you realize, oh shit, yeah, we can pump. Randy Couture. Shut up. He's I, from Portland? Oh. Uh, let me, or let me used to train out. there? Yeah, he's based out of Gresham, Oregon. He oh, has a nice. training camp there. I'm not okay. sure if he was actually born here, but he has a train. Oh, he was, says he was born. No. Well, anyway, yeah, he is a strong Oregon connection. Okay, nice. So there the you training go. Training camp, or came out of uh, yeah, this place in Gresham. Nice. See, learn something new every day. I did not know that. I just well, his gyms now are in Las Vegas, and he actually has one up here uh, in Toronto sure. as well. So I always figured he was like Las Vegas based around there. So, but yeah, he established Team Quest. That's uh, right. Based Gresham, which maybe he, he doesn't. Team uh, Quest, yes, that totally makes sense because Chael Sonnen said he used to train with him. Okay, now it's all coming together. Yeah. So and I think, and I might be mistaken, but again, I'll get emails on it regardless. Who cares? Oh, and it looks like he was, um, so Corvallis, Oregon's where we have the Oregon State. It's a Pac-12 college, Oregon right. State Beavers, and he was uh, like a wrestling coach there for a while, too. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, and I also, what I was going to say was I think Den Henderson was also part of that crew, but anyways. Yeah, it mentions him. Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. So I do know my MMA shit. All right. Right on. Let's go on to another dumb law. Yeah. It is illegal to share a drink in Oregon. What? You like cannot share a drink. So any it, drink. No, any drink. If you have a drink and you deem so that it's yours, you cannot give, like, say, your wife a sip. You can't give it, hand it down to your kids if they're dying of thirst. It's yours. Okay, well, I, I break that law all the time. <laughs> Uh-oh. Should you be saying that live on air? I don't know. I don't know. I don't pump my own gas because they wouldn't. They would, yeah, they would that's impossible. You. But I, I have shared a drink, I'm sure. Maybe maybe not because I'm pretty, like, when we go to dinner, I'll order a beer. Right. And I'm pretty selfish. So oh, okay. maybe I have, maybe I have. Ah, There you go. Okay. Selfish. Here's yeah, another dumb one that I feel yeah. sorry for you guys too, because obviously you might not even have this in your state. Dishes must drip dry. It is illegal any what? other way. Do you guys not have like dishwashers with like drying in it or something? I do. <laughs> I don't know. Then you're breaking another law there, my friend. I'm breaking another <laughs> law. Um, that is also bizarre. But I, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, uh, it's that I wonder if that's a, you know, Oregon's very environmentally. Oh, maybe it cautious. is. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. Yeah. And the, you know, but to still. be honest, maybe it's not a bad. The washing machine we have gets insanely hot, and half the time yes. we open it up, and there's like melted Tupperware <laughs> and all this other melted plastic. And I know. It's, it's, I mean, maybe it's not a bad law. Maybe it's a good law. Maybe it know. is. But how about this law? You don't have to say, again, because you are a family man, and your kids might listen to this one day, but yeah. it is illegal to whisper dirty things during sex in the state <laughs> of Oregon. This definitely sounds like a law that was passed in, like, 1872 or something. Like I know, that. right? <laughs> what guilty, the f- guilty is charged. But again, how is someone going to enforce this? Like, can you imagine you're there, say, with whoever, it doesn't have to be your wife, even when you were younger, and... You're whispering dirty whatnots to them, and they turn around. Hey, you just whispered something. I'm calling nine one one on you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Maybe that was like a World War Two law, and they were worried back then, like you know, loose lips sink ships. That that you'd be uh-huh. having sex with a foreign agent and acts, you know, whisper and be whispering dirty things, and you'd let loose like um, ship movements or. You know um, that you know you're you're having sex with somebody and you let loose that your nephew's shipping out uh, on Tuesday to go to the Pacific. And that could have been. I'm just I'm just theorizing. Well, I know one thing for sure. Like I'm sorry to say, the United States of America are very tight assed. No pun intended. When it comes to sex, like <laughs> when I run some because I had uh, an, an, an MMA fighter on a few weeks ago, Bubba Jenkins. And I told him some of the laws cause he's, he was originally from Virginia. So I ran down some of Virginia laws and there's a law that oral sex is illegal. So is anal yeah. sex and some kind of other, Oh, and you could only have sex to procreate and you could only have sex in the missionary position. What the fuck? God. Jesus God. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we, do, uh we, we have a very schizophrenic, uh, like most people who try to repress, uh, so their sexuality. Right. We're all we're simultaneously disgusted and obsessed with it. Like, I know. At the same time, it seems like, that way, right? It's a, that Puritan sort of uh, heritage, probably that uh, that that gives us a lot of fucked up laws. But then the other thing is, it's like 
who wants to be the state senator that's like, hey, everybody, listen, I know we have a lot of problems going on, (laughs) but this sodomy law, I in particular want to see this struck down. Uh, Here's my bill. My bill, it's called the, uh, you know, the Anal Sex Act, which night of 2018. Virginia Anal Sex Act. Who's who's on board? Yeah, but you know, he, I mean, who wants to be that politician? But you know what? In today's day and age, if someone was to make that the focus of their campaign, I guarantee you they'd get probably voted in. It could, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it, that, you make a good point there. That might be your platform. Exactly, the, anal sex, yay or nay? <laughs> anal sex platform may may usher you, sweep you into office. Oh, and from there you can set about on the other the other bad sex laws. Oh my god. Okay, one last thing since we're well, not really touching on anal, but we're talking about anal, and then we'll go into our plugs again, and then let everyone else go. So uh, I have a producer, uh, I dubbed him Master P, who doesn't talk. That's why you haven't heard him. But hey, Master P. Yeah, he's here, but he, like I said, he doesn't have a microphone. And anyways, he put out a Twitter poll asking, because on last week's episode, I mentioned this. And if you guys heard the live stream for The Cure, you, you know what my response is now. But I want to get your response to it, if, again, you want to talk about it. Master P put out the Twitter poll asking if people take a shit naked or clothed. Oh. Or, like how I said it, if... You're say you're taking a shower and all of a sudden it hits you. Your stomach starts rumbling. You need, you need to go drop a deuce. Do you go right yeah. naked like that? Do you go put on oh, clothes? Of course. Or, oh, see. Yeah. No. I I, I would man. stop and then get dressed specifically. Then to there's take then there's something seriously wrong with me because you're with the majority. Eighty one percent of my listeners said that yes, they would take a shit naked versus having clothes on. These guys are just all a bunch of fucking freaks. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe the compromise there is we need a special robe that you could put on, throw on real quick. Well, my rebuttal to all this is that if you masturbate or when you used to masturbate, because every man has done at least once in his life. I don't give a fuck what anyone says, obviously. But when you were in your strength core of masturbating, would you just take off all your clothes, lie on your bed naked and masturbate? Or would you just do a quick one here and there when you need to? Oh, boy. See? Exactly. Um, Okay. This is how I like to end my shows off. Sure, sure. <laughs> like I said, you, know, you don't have to answer. Situ- let me just, I'll just say it's very situational. You know, <laughs> when you're 45 and you have two kids and a spouse oh. and a dog and a house and a mortgage, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not always very, you have to take advantage of these private moments. You have to just, you have to take them where you can get them. See, thank and, you. And uh, so if, if the urge is overpowering, or if you're having a lot of sexual tension, you just, you have to, uh, you can't be precious about it. You know, you don't have time to light candles and, and draw a bath and all that. You Thank just, you. You just, you got to do what you got to do. See, and that's how I feel about taking a shit. It shouldn't be something where it's like, I don't know, to me, see, maybe it's my problem. Because to me, I grew up in a very conservative, old school Portuguese household where you couldn't even mention the word sex. So sure. to me, I guess anything that involves being naked automatically... I get it clicks to being sexual. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? So even if you're taking a shit, like to me, like showers are something sexual. So when I hear someone saying that, again, this is weird because a lot of people do this apparently, and I did not know about this. Apparently a lot of siblings take showers together. Like, you know what, what I mean? Parents take showers with their kids. And I'm not saying when they're babies. I'm saying when they're already old enough and they're talking. Like to me, that's all just, I don't know, weird. 
But then again, I'm not a parent, and I grew up in a very tight-ass uh, household, they're, right? They're, so yeah, so I, mean, I, there are some, I don't understand. There are some parents that have differing views. Well, of course, on that stuff and what you know, what may or may not inspire shame or whatever. There certainly is a point where I think boundaries are important. Where right. It's like okay, you're old, you're old enough to have privacy. And there should not be like a forty-five-year-old man standing you. naked to you in the shower, whether he's your dad or not, right? Exactly. <laughs> but uh, that's my—that's my opinion. That's you know, um, that's that was that was my opinion. Yes, and, and people, yeah. opinions are not facts. They're exactly right. what Ed just said. It's an opinion. Yeah. It's what he believes but, in. So fuck off. My oldest boy is one of those kids that's super independent and super wants to like just do everything on his own and right. always has. So he kind of set the tone. So it was like the, the second he's old enough to, to do something on his own, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. And um, that kind of set the tone for the younger one. So we, I, I think, have some pretty good boundaries there cool. <laughs> ourselves. And that's it's every and kids are different. Yeah, you know, every kid is different, and everyone is different. And if it works for your situation, who am I to say anything? Again, these are just my opinions, and that's why I run these Twitter polls to see if I'm the fucked up one or if the mass society is. But I guess in this case, I'm the fucked up one. So I lost <laughs> this very, round. <laughs> you, I have to say, you use your podcast well. It's you put yourself out there. I try, and it's it's, it's very Howard Stern of you. Like he's he's always wanting to know. You know, look if you have a big audience. You know, you want to f- take these polls and find out where you where you are. Uh, it's it's I I commend you. It's uh, it's oh. good introspection, and it's good because if I put everything out there and I wear my heart on my sleeve, so to say, when someone does send me a negative remark, I don't give two shits because I already talked about it and I made fun of myself for it. So there That's you go. Right. Exactly. Just get it out there. There's nothing to hide. Yeah, I exactly. See it. I see it. I see it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. On that note, you got you want to plug your shit one more time before I plug mine, I and then we get on to, out of here. Uh, please, yeah. Invasion for Planet Risotopia, the comic book issues one and two, available on Amazon. Uh, Comicsology, the first one anyway. Second one's coming. Um, uh, please check it out. It's it's uh, like this podcast. If you enjoy, if you like to laugh, who doesn't like to laugh? I know. Pick up the comic book and uh, and uh, hopefully we'll. Uh, We'll get this in stores at some point, but right now you got to go online to get it. Nothing wrong with that, because I'm sure the people who read comic books do know what's going on with the internet, and they're not 70, and they need their son or daughter to navigate through it. So, uh, hey, well, however you get it, uh, just however, get it. However you get your hands on it. Just get. What about social media? Any any platforms you want people to follow oh, these guys on or anything? Yeah, um, we're on. Uh, let's see, Twitter at uh, SBP. Uh, suspicious behavior production underscore comics i think it is and um uh you know you can find us on facebook and uh we have a tumblr that matt keeps very active and he tells me it's really cool followers. Uh, but sbp underscore comics on twitter nice Perfect. All right. And for me, obviously, you guys know, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Finga Styles, F-I-N-G-A-S-T-Y-L-Z, Z because I'm Canadian, not Z. Okay. Just in case, because I do have a lot of international listeners. Well, again, my Australian and English listeners understand because they also say Z, but the Americans like to change everything, obviously. So, But... You can find me there. You can find Master P on Twitter, like I said, who has more followers than I do, cocksucker. The podcast DAP. You can look for him there. He likes to retweet stuff. 
And also, you could find me every Sunday in the United States of America on EMZT Radio. Google them, see where you could click to find. It's internet radio, so but it's internet radio with rated R, so you still get the F-bombs that I drop. So don't think it's like, you know what I mean? Your kids could still listen to it just because it's on radio. No, they still can't listen to it. And then you could also find me on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Go to the Pod Bros Network. That is podbros.com. Listen to my show there as well. And if you like my show, I'm sure you'll find something else that'll tickle your bone. They have all kinds of different shows from wrestling reviews to old school wrestling reviews to mixed martial arts to old school to there's a veterans podcast too on there. So whatever you like, go on there. You'll find something you like. And if you want to support them, click on the Amazon banner when you do your shopping. And also check out tpublic.com for their t-shirts. Type in Pod Bros in the search engine. And uh, once again, thank you for everybody for tuning in for the live stream for The Cure. Like I said in the bonus episode this week or last week, we managed to raise over $10,000. That's all because of you guys' generosity. Thank you so much. And like I said, you could still go watch it. It's still on YouTube. I think uh, it's because they broke it down into three days. So I don't know what day it's on, but it's the one that's marked for eight hours around hour five. That's when I make my appearance in there for about half hour. Or so, so if you want to check me out there as well, and also I have to give out a big shout out to some fellow podcasters out there, the late drinkers, the podcast, give them a shout out, go listen to them, subscribe to their stuff too. And also you are fam- very familiar with them because they plugged your shit. The got to five podcast, go listen to them. Yes. They're great guys. They have a great show, but it's bi-weekly. I, go ahead. Sorry, no, I go ahead. Yeah, of course. Say your thing, man. Uh, I forgot to tell those guys because they have what looks like a cartoon of King Kong Bundy, and it's yes. you know gotten so far. I actually is one of the wrestlers I've met, and I have a picture of him pretending to strangle me. Right. Um, so I wanted to pass it. If they're listening, I wanted to pass that along. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to mention it to them at some point. But. Beautiful. There you go. You see, you see how you network and be nice to everyone and not be selfish, how everyone could prosper and still be successful without holding someone down, man. I think so. Um, and sure. I don't know. I'm sorry if you're no. not done, but uh, I want to thank you, uh, Steve, for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's really fun. Oh, no problem. And next time bring over your partner, Matt, and then we could have the so-called threesome, uh, or maybe if you want to promote the second or third or fourth copy of or the fourth volume of your comic no problems hit me up you know where to find me and i guess that's it oh actually big news big 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 news i almost forgot to mention this i don't know if you're into hip-hop or not but if you're not you could bow out on this one but because i'm really into hip-hop and as everyone knows my original co-host my cousin maddie he used to be on the show but then found out it was too much work like every millennial and decided to quit but (laughs) Hey, better for me. I get to have these conversations with interesting people and just instead of arguing with a millennial all day. But anyways, he is now under the moniker of Young M and he has a SoundCloud account and he raps and he's actually half decent. He's getting some hits. And thanks to Pedro and myself, he has gotten a live gig. So please, I will have more information on the next episode as it comes in. He will be performing in the city of Toronto. I believe it's on June 9th. So in the meantime, if you want it right away, hit him up on Instagram, hit him up on Twitter if you still follow him. If not, hit me up and I'll forward the messages to him if you want tickets. Do you have, uh, can we listen to part of the song or is it? uh... Uh, Can I play? Let me see here. Hold on. Let me go to my young M. Let me see. View. There we go. I'm going to his account and I'll play a little something, something of the guy. Promote his shit. Let's do it. Yes, young M. I got it here. 
Let's promote his most recent song, which is called Poppin' Off Again. Let's see how good this is. Oh, you gotta be fucking high for this type of music. She said that I'm too damn gone I was never really here though Put it in another song Spitting crystal clear, yo Mix it up, mix it up, fan of Sprite Come for the night She gave me a hand She can't tell it Off in the flight Oh, damn, yeah Off in the flight She just gone for the night, yeah Off in the flight, yeah She just gone for the night, yeah I'm a young rock star Going far, hand me another bar I'm just popping off again Living life Acting twice Rolling dice so that's pretty much the gist of his rapping skills there. So he's got some skill. So good for him. At least he's doing yeah. what he really wants to do. Well, again, everyone knows our backstory. He wanted to do the podcast, but it was really his passion is rapping, so to speak. So good for him for finally getting his first gig. And I hope he fucking kills it and blows up. And then he, he's already said he's going to give me his first interview. So which will in turn make this podcast blow up even bigger. Well, you know, he, he bailed on you, but he did something. Yes, of course. And I told him it was the best thing he ever did for me was bailing because now this is my puppy. And I've, like I said, I would have never imagined how big I could have gotten it just on my own. So it was the best thing for both of us, honestly. Perfect. On that note, he's Ed. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Thanks, everybody.